everyone, this is a chat with Danny Guthrie. Danny is the head of growth for YC funded company OneText. OneText is an SMS software serving e-com brands and has had some pretty serious growth over the past year. Danny also has a background in e-com as both a brand owner and service provider. If you're in SaaS or e-com, there's some really good pointers throughout the conversation to look out for. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Could you just tell us about your background? Give us the highlight reel and tell us how it leads to becoming the head of growth for OneText. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little bit about my story. Um, had entrepreneurial tendencies that really started in high school. Um, I went to um, yeah, high school in Massachusetts where the student body kind of came over from all over the state. Um, so a buddy and I uh, shipped a couple of apps. The first one kind of helped uh, students, um, you know, kind of make plans easier. Uh, I'm sure you've experienced the pain of trying to plan something in a group chat. Um, I was also studying Mandarin in high school. And I, like my path there was to um, study finance and build that on top of, you know, that Mandarin Chinese um, background and kind of go that route. Um, spent spent a couple, two weeks in, in Taiwan, which was a cool experience. Um, and then, yeah, college um, was going to go through that finance path, but um, discovered e-commerce, uh, started um, a couple of brands. One of them was uh, matching cat collar and cat bracelet. Um, donated some money to, to rescue cats. Um, continued, you know, studying um my, my major and minor ended up being in entrepreneurship and management. Um, I don't think you can really study entrepreneurship in, in, within the, the school class classroom walls, but um, uh, yeah, de- decent education. Um, and then after college, kind of just lost that, or I continued those e-commerce brands, but kind of just took the first job that I got, you know, um, you know the first yes, which looking back, you know, I, I wish I had spent some more time on um you know choosing th- the right challenge you know right after graduating um but but it was a cool mission uh, it was a company called resupply it had a, a charitable aspect to it um but then the e-commerce brand scaled up uh left that job moved to denver um built an apparel printing studio because a, a lot of my brands ended up being in the apparel space um so you know controlled the cogs by printing the shirts myself um scaled that up for a couple of years printed for clients and my own brands, uh, and then exited that. Ended up at um, ended up at a different SMS company, um, and then there I started building my personal brand on Twitter, which I I wish I started you know earlier, um, but it was good to be back on the tech side of things. And then um, on Twitter is where I connected with Jonathan a little over a year ago, um, and that's how I ended up at at One Text today. Nice. Um... Man, there's a lot there. I, I want to circle back on a few things, but the first one you mentioned, um, you mentioned the businesses that you either worked for or started had a charitable aspect to them twice. Um, I, I, I mean, those are common, of course, to some degree, but I don't necessarily think there's a lot of younger people taking that into account. Um, like with the businesses they're starting or uh, with businesses they're joining, is that, has that always been something you're, you're passionate about is like trying to find a not cliche way to ask this, but like giving back charity, is that something that like you early on kind of looked for in businesses to join or start? 
Yeah, honestly, one of my favorite memories of uh, St. John's, my high school experiences, um, for most of the most of the four years there, I was volunteering at a that food at a food pantry. And I think it's, you know, both for selfish and unselfish reasons, like while there, like you feel good about yourself, but you're also, you know, helping in, in that case, like tidy up the food shelter and making sure the stocks are are full and all that jazz. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, for the for the cat brand, I know I never was a cat guy. My parents, while growing up, um, faked having allergies because they didn't think that we'd take care of the pets or whatever. But yeah. now I have a, a rescue cat, but um again with that cat brand like you know it was kind of a marketing thing too where um customers could you know nominate their local shelter and we announced you know how much money we donated that month um but it also felt good to you know receive word from the shelters that you know the donation had a had a positive aspect yeah no that's cool um what about uh what about sv sv apparel is the what, what was that like kind of like a so it, it sounds like it was like part e-com, part like almost like 3PL. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of right when the pandemic struck that we started that. So, um, you know, drop shipping, it's a great way to get introduced to entrepreneurship and e-commerce more specifically. Uh, but the model is, of course, super broken, not super eco-friendly. Customers wait 45 days to get their T-shirt and you're lucky if it's you know, spelt right kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, just kind of dove right into this new or fairly new technology called print, um, direct to garment printing, where it sprays like the ink a little bit above the shirt. Um, and yeah, um, you know, the bulk of the revenue came from, uh, apparel printing services, but we also, you know, paired that with 3PL had designers, contract designers, uh, on staff as well. Um, and it, it was exciting to, that was kind of my first like service business. Yeah. Um, and it was cool scaling from, you know, we entry level printers to start. Um, but by the end of it, we had these, you know, super badass, uh, latest and greatest Epson printers. Um, but it was only cool when they were up and online, when they went down, it was, uh, it was painful. Uh, right. Part of the reason why I'm excited to be back into uh SAS where, um, yeah, there's no machines. Yeah. So, so did you drop ship at one point? Did you like have that as an entry level experience? Yeah, for for, for that cat brand, um, it started out with just the the cat collars, and then I worked with that supplier and I found them on Alibaba. Worked with that supplier on um, making custom bracelets that went with it. So it kind of started with drop shipping, but quickly moved to just ordering bulk inventory and then shipping from you know Massachusetts, and then working on you know custom custom styles and, you know, just step-by-step step making the brand, you know, a little bit more boutique. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you started SV Apparel? Um, yeah, that was maybe four or five years ago by now, maybe like 22, 23. Okay. Yeah. No, the reason I keep like harping on this is I think it's really interesting that you were like starting yeah, because that was four or five years ago. That was probably around when I first started hearing about print-on-demand shops, stuff like that. Um, I might have been a little late to the game hearing about it. But I feel like so many 21, 22-year-olds, like, they immediately dive into, like, agency or drop shipping or, or like, just straight, like, e-com brand building. Um, there's a lot of kind of, you know, like, I guess stereotypical models to dive into. 
you don't hear that many stories about young 20 somethings starting um like print on demand businesses um and i'm assuming like you had a warehouse somewhere or something similar yeah yeah we were we were lucky enough um it was cool we actually partnered up with um a super legit screen printing and embroidery uh business that was established in denver already um called superior inc um so they were kind of a resource for us and helped us uh we, we, like we subbed we warehouse space from them um but yeah it was super super cool to like have a design idea in mind whip up photoshop and the next day you know walk into the warehouse and print that shirt that yeah. you had an idea of you know just 12 hours ago yeah no that's and cool. Then another, um, another cool experience another highlight was um when when uh the denver nugget player um joker i'm, I'm forgetting his name now are you an nba guy yeah jokovic yeah, when uh when he won MVP, we printed um the samples for his uh for his shirt. So it was cool to see. I'm a Celtics fan, but it was cool to see you know a shirt that we printed you know go on ESPN and all this stuff. And we didn't get credit, um, but it was just cool to to know that we printed that that shirt. Totally, that's sick. No, the uh you don't need the credit. You have the story. That's all you need is the story at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, did did you wind up? I saw on LinkedIn, did you wind up exiting um, that business? Yeah, I, I felt time, it was time to um, kind of exit that and become location dependent again. Um, you know, I have a young nephew in, in Massachusetts and just make it easier to yeah spend spend time with the family. Um, no yeah. crazy, crazy exit. Um, but yeah, move, moved on. Um, got back into the tech side of things uh, at that different SMS company, um, which which led me to one text. Cool. So good good segue. So for the audience, would you mind just breaking down like what exactly is one text? For sure. Yeah. So my founders are both from PayPal. Uh, they left early last year, and um, the metaphor that we like to use is. You know, th their inspiration to start one text was they want to try and match how easy it is to shop by room number at hotels and resorts um, and bring that to the online world. Uh, so with us, you know, we let uh, shoppers of, um, you know, Shopify brands order by text. Um, so say you bought some cold brew from your favorite coffee brand, they can send a campaign to you. Hey, Will, you're running low. Reply yes to order again. And all you have to do is text back yes um, to refill. There's a you know one-time onboarding process where we vault that original card, um, but after that, you know all orders can be done right by text. Yeah, no, it's when I when I like read into it, um, yeah, I was like, I, this is I, I don't need to be buying from uh, brands that are using this because I'll just respond yes over and over. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's perfect. It's uh hotel and you do you do those types of you know uh, charges by room number like my family and i had a nice vacation in mexico earlier this year and you get that bill at the end of your stay and you know visa has this stat that when you have a shopper's card on file they spend 2.4 times more and uh you know that that's the moment of truth when you, when you get that hotel bill at the end at the end of your stay every time every time you never know what it's going to be you know it's going to be bad and worse than what it would have been otherwise yeah if they didn't have that card on file that's an interesting stat though um makes complete sense i mean it's actually funny you use that example because yeah i mean like 
I, I not in like a this is my personality kind of way, but I I'm a big coffee drinker, and um I mean a hundred percent like if my favorite like coffee shop around the block from me starts texting me like, um, like hey like we notice it's like you know, uh seven a.m. like do you want it ready like hit yes like there will be more days where I buy than days where I don't like just it's a given um. Yeah, how, how many sure. how many users how many users were there uh, when you came in and how many are there now? Can you share that? Yeah, so I joined in December as the first uh, full time employee. Um, had a couple of dozen then, and yeah, almost a year later, we have a couple of hundred. Um, so this the growth has been super fun. Um, still a sort of a one man growth team, I think. You know, a, a lot of people who are starting sales teams, I think they want to, you know, um, add as many bodies as possible because then they're managing all these people. They can, you know, have X salary. For me, it's I, I've just been trying to grow, you know, as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible. And, you know, let's hire more engineers and, and success people to, you know, scale the product and give, give uh, you know, the best service to our merchants. I, I think it is time to, to hire a second growth person now. Um, and then for Black Friday in particular, Black Friday was um, 2x uh, our all-time high in terms of total text-to-buy orders, and then 10x year-over-year, year, uh, which was cool wow. to see. Wow, congrats. Um, so what what are the things that what, – what are some of, like, the unscalable things you're doing to, like, lead the growth? Like, let's let's start there with just, like, the unscalable stuff, like the like the dinners, the events, um, wh- whatever it is. What what are you doing in that department, and what are you saying? What's working? Yeah, for sure. Um, in, in terms of unscalable things, uh, like, once a, a brand signs up, ev- everyone really gets one-to-one Slack channels. Our founder and CEO, Jonathan, is in all of them. You know, at a certain point, that'll probably stop, but um, – in terms of sales, yeah, I mean, even on like Twitter, honestly, has been one of our my better channels. And there's these opportunities to, you know, have the auto DM, uh, like use automated bots on Twitter, but I've decided not to. And, you know, I think it could lead to some short term wins by, you know, sending those mass blast DMs or that auto DM when someone follows you. Um, and it's hard to quantify, but I think I think you lose something, you know, you lose trust in your audience. I, I think it's kind of distasteful when you follow someone, you get that immediate auto DM. Um, so every, everything and, and no, yeah, no, no shame to people that are that are using it. I'm sure I'm sure it works. Um, but yeah, you know, t- building that Twitter, uh, I've never scheduled a post in the future. You know, everything has been off the hip. And, you know, some of these months, um, just my personal, I think I'm seeing, you know, close to 300K impressions. Um, so, yeah, you know, building that Twitter account has been a manual process and, you know, super fruitful for the company. Um, and and yeah. it led to, you know, interests. Like, um, I just hosted a, a dinner a couple of months ago with Moise Ali of Native. Um, you know, Twitter is how we got connected with him. He was uh, shopping from one of our brands and, you know, tweeted about it because the experience was crazy. And then, um, yeah, I think events are, are a huge, uh, area focused for us going into the new year for sure. Man, if I had that tweet, I, I would, uh, I'd throw an ad up with that screenshot of that tweet, scrape all the DT, like DTC, like email, like founder emails and just like peg them with that all day. 
<laughs> that's that's an yeah. amazing piece of like free marketing to get. That's awesome. It's front front and center on our new site. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. My calendar was was booked full for like three weeks just from that one tweet. We had NBA teams inbound. Um, yeah, it was crazy. That's interesting. You say NBA teams. I, I'm I'm going to get to that actually. Um, but here, what? Just because I'm curious, what software or like tech stack are brands like coming from? Like when they when they sign up with y'all, are they leaving like Twilio? Like what are they? What what are they leaving right now? And and what's causing the the mass the, the mass exodus from wherever they're they're leaving? Like what's kind of like the standard issue that everyone's using? Yeah, for sure. M- most merchants that are coming. Uh... That we're speaking with, um, I'd say 99, 90 to 95% have existing SMS programs. Um, it's pretty shocking, but there are still some blue chip brands out there that really haven't activated the SMS channel yet at all. Um, kind of like that, you know, they think it's spammy, you know, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the people, there, there are, there were some other text to buy options uh, like wizard, but I think they pivoted and, and uh, shut down. So we've had the few brands that they had, you know, um, book them uh, meetings with us and um, go, go live with us. But yeah, most people are, you know, with Clavio, Postscript, Attentive, et cetera. And, you know, we can do at the end of the day, sending a text as a commodity, you can do it. I can do it. Any, anyone can send uh, Hey, here's our new collection, you know, shop our website. Um, you know, the, the real magic is that, you know, Hey, thanks for adding, um, coffee to your cart reply. Yes. to order. So it's that one, two punch. Um, everyone can do that first, um, you know, SMS blast. And we're really the only ones that can do that second piece. Yeah. Um, you mentioned NBA teams. I I was going to ask what, like outside of D to C, what other industries could use one text are using it? Um, cause when I went to y'all site, I mean, it's definitely, from my perspective, it's super like D2C e-com focused, which is obviously makes all the sense in the world. But like, yeah, what are some of those other industries or like uh, company types that are looking at one text? Yeah, e-commerce um, is right now, but always was only, you know, the first arena, um, you know, playing field that we wanted to, to play in. Um, even my barber uses card on file and it's just like, a, I guess it helps make me a loyal customer. Like, um the thing with e-commerce is like we can we can help sell brands more of stuff but when it comes down to like arena like there's sort of only a certain amount of tickets that that can be sold uh, but we are starting to have you know early conversations with nightclubs um but but in terms of the sports teams i'm not sure how much i can divulge but um there's a cool user story there where Hey, well, you know, we have two tickets left to the game, you know, uh, reply yes to order you order. And then the next day, like, Hey, we hope you enjoyed that win over the Celtics. You want a Jersey for your next, um, you know, visit to the stadium. So you're kind of stacking these different points of the customer journey all together, you know, using card on file throughout, even in, in stadium purchases. Um, some teams have brought that up, uh, buy your popcorn by text, I guess could be coming yeah. soon. The uh, the nightclub one sounds dangerous. Uh, hit hit one to <laughs> yeah. more more bottles to your table. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. No, yeah, that can uh, that can get hectic. Um, let's let's talk about the the scalable things. Um, what are the yeah? What are like the repeatable tasks? Like the highly scalable channels y'all are using? 
Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, in general, I think it, um, into the new year, I want to lean more on automations. Like I had a funny tweet a couple of weeks ago. I just turned on my first uh, Zapier recently, or, or Zap, I guess. And I like feel like I have superpowers now. But, like there's a, we have a Slack channel where when someone books a meeting on Calendly, like I, I get an alert. Um, but that's, yeah, so um, leaning more into automations, but um, cold email, certainly I don't think will will ever die as a channel. I took a couple weeks off from it um, just because, you know, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday craze. Um, yeah. And going to, going with a new provider as well, where their pitch is sort of, you know, solving the de- deliverability side of things. And I know um, Google's changing a bunch of stuff. Um, but uh, a big part of the my cold email strategy uh, this year was a lot of the call to actions after that first email are personalized looms. And I do really take the time to you know, make a personalized loom if, if they say, you know, yes, I want one. I'm not like subbing it out to, there's some tools out there that um, use AI to kind of um, mock, make those personalized uh, videos. So right. I think, you know, that perceived effort helps to, to, you know, get that reply. Totally. And then in terms of, um, uh, in terms of affiliates, like right now we have a, a couple of rock stars that um, certainly are bringing in a lot of uh, leads. And right now that system is kind of custom built, um, just just tailored to those you know few rock stars. Um, but looking to expand that soon uh, with a tool like Partner Stack um, to be able to activate that channel and you know make it more scalable. Yeah, yeah. The Google News was. Uh... When I saw it was going to be, because I think the number for reported spam before they effectively like make your account um, void, it was like 0.3. It's like 0.3% of people um, have to mark your email as spam before everything's going to spam. Um, I don't know like what, what all that's going to change. Um, I, I have a feeling it might not change a whole lot because... You could just spin up a lot of a lot of email accounts on Outlook, um, and it seems like it's mostly going to be targeted towards uh, like business domains. So I I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah, I think it's interesting you brought that up because I was just reading yesterday how it's going to be a 0.3 percent uh, spam marker rate, and it's like that's nuts because um, that that happens. And so- we all do that. And some of the changes are good for like people like me too, like. I think one of the changes is like right now there's a Google extension where you can mass send emails from like a normal at Gmail domain. I think that's stopping too. So people who are, you know, doing cold email tastefully and are landing in the inbox, like aren't going to be competing with, like I, I get emails in my inbox right now and I'm like, how did this land, <laughs> land in, land in here? Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, some, some challenges, but I think some, some more opportunity from some of the changes as well. Yeah. Have y'all looked at, um, so you mentioned affiliates, you mentioned cold email, um, zaps couldn't agree more. Uh, the first time you have something, anything that you were spending more than like five minutes of time on the first time you automate that you, you feel like some sort of tech genius. Um, so that's always a great feeling. (laughs) What, uh, have y'all looked at webinars at all? Just curious. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we had one a couple of months ago. Um, with Bryant, who's the CMO of Caden Lane, uh, amazing partner uh, for us. And yeah, it, it went super well. I still, 
um i need to upload it on youtube uh like the the full sort of thing but chopped it down into different bits and repurposed it on on youtube and tiktok and yeah doing more of those i think or like going live on youtube going live on linkedin uh for sure is top of mind going into a the new year um that was right around black friday and we had just announced it uh you know a week before um so yeah we'll probably definitely definitely try again and maybe collaborate with you know similar uh SaaS companies who don't compete with us to uh you know expand the reach going uh for that next event yeah you you mentioned um chopping up the content and like distributing it to TikTok um LinkedIn wherever how how much time how, how do you think about content as it relates to like marketing SaaS just let's just start there yeah um I mean, in terms of social media, like the the reason why I picked Twitter as my first channel to build is just because it felt more most natural to me. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm good at those short form uh, copy, and then it's also like an area where I could start to test video. I've sort of picked LinkedIn as the second channel to start building on. Um, but the you know those platforms, like you you can have a banger post, but um, it's not like a search platform like YouTube and TikTok are where if you have a good post, like it'll, it'll continue to get reach. So I, I wish I'd picked, you know, YouTube or TikTok as really that second channel to, you know, go side by side with, with Twitter. Um, you know, you stop posting on Twitter for 30 days and your impressions for that period are going to be zero where, you know, on, on YouTube, it's a much different story. If you have a evergreen video that continues to get, um, continues to get reach, uh, for, for that search, um, and, um, you know, as, as the one man band sales marketing partnerships right now, like a lot of the video content I'm posting is that, you know, floating head, um, type ones, um, which is good to, you know, test the waters, but going into the new year, you know, I think YouTube deserves, YouTube craves like a higher level of, um, you know, quality to it. So, um, make, make some changes moving into a new apartment soon, you know, invest more in a better studio, um, and make the most of that platform. I foolishly announced a couple of weeks ago, like an interview series. Um, and I, I posted episode zero. I still haven't posted episode one. Um, but looking forward to reigniting that, um, just because I really have yet to post like a long form video past one minute. Uh, so those, you know, short interviews, will be that opportunity, you know, five to 10 minutes, um, still bite-sized, but I think, you know, some of these platforms want longer form content and, you know, some, some of those uh, guests will be one text merchants, some won't, but I think those merchants that are, you know, one text merchants, like I'll ask them in the beginning, like, please don't plug one text. Like they'll just be genuine conversations. Um, and there's, uh, yeah. an opportunity to do like more, uh, more traditional customer interviews, but th that interview series won't, won't be for that. Well, it's, uh, I mean, you got a lot on your plate as a, as the one man band. Um, how are you thinking about like, what are the things that come to mind to where you're two. like, what's up? Soon, soon to be two. Yeah. What, what's coming to your mind when you're like, all right, I've got some help coming in. Uh, like, how do you think about that? What are the things that you're going to like offload? And what are like the immediate, like, here's like the one, two, three things that like, now that I'm freeing up some time, I got some, some assistance coming in. Like, this is what I'm going to tackle. We talked about YouTube. Like, is there anything else? Because, I mean, YouTube takes up a lot of time, so. Yeah. I mean, I've started to, like, pull 
and I still need to have conversations with Jonathan, like more so on, you know, when do we think we're going to be moving past, uh, like just being focused on e-commerce, like more like longer term, uh, to see the long, longer term vision more clearly to, you know, then reverse engineer. Okay. For this next year, like it's still going to be just e-commerce. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like the, the dream hire I have is like good at cold email, good at partnerships, but you know, also is like a, a video content creator. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's certainly people like that, that have like those crossover skills, but you know, a Adam Robinson, um, CEO and founder of retention.com has, has a post on this, oh, yeah. like the days of companies having like uh 50 BDRs, hundred BDRs and like this expected model or whatever. Um, th those are changing. I think, um, the roles and the aptitude and skills that, you know, growth people at SaaS companies need to have to, you know, see, see success is changing as well. Yeah. Have you, have y'all used, um, I just think retention.com is interesting. Um, the idea that you can swipe someone's email um, when they hit your website is like, you know, it's ideal. Um, yeah. It, yeah. What tool? Funny, do you like, use anything? I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'll be prospecting brands and like, I'll get back to back. Like you have 10% off waiting for you. I, I mostly get those from safe opt. Um, but it, but it's funny when you're prospecting and then you get a bunch of uh, emails from them. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how is, um, how is being a YC funded company influenced one text? I'll, I'll, again, I'll, I'll keep that broad and you can kind of take that where you want to take it. But I, I think it's, yeah, hearing your perspective on like how that has or hasn't, um, influenced like the direction of the company would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wish I was able to go to like some more of the events. Um, most of them, my founders, uh, went to. I think it's moving back to like all the way in person now with these next batches where before it was kind of remote or it was a blend, a blend of both. Um, in terms of fundraising, you know, I think it's been great. Um, we never, we still haven't officially announced our seed from earlier in this year after we finished the winter 23 batch. Uh, but it was amazing. Um, one of the investors is a, you know, a major bank who for the moment, um, I'm not able to, to share, but hopefully, you know, we can soon. And there's a longer play there of you know all customers of that bank, their cards are immediately you know within the one text ecosystem, etc. Um, another big piece, um, biggest pieces of advice that we got from them is to just go all in on the demo. And our website right now, uh, we just published a new version, but even before um, the old version kind of had it led it led uh, you know viewers to this cookie text to buy demo. Um, now users can enter any URL, doesn't even have to be Shopify, and they can get an AI, like AI will on the fly make a demo personalized to that brand. And e even before this new AI version, like we were getting people going through the texty, uh, the cookie text to buy demo and, and calling it fantastic. Um, but with this new one, it's been, it's been insane. Like we had a brand that was probably already going to close, but their CEO went through our demo and kind of broke the bot. And then I was there to, you know, send a human text back, like how in a real flow, you know, we do have uh, customer yeah. service agents text back and she was like, wow. And then I think immediately told her team to move up the integration uh, a month. And then, um, yeah, I guess having YC in my Twitter bio, maybe more people follow me back, you know, um, there's certain other benefits as well, um, uh, that we get from, I guess, being part of that, that club.
Yeah. What, um, I mean, look, like leading with the demo makes so much sense. Um, but what was like the, what were some of like, like the reasonings, like just like, what was like verbalized when like that was being, when that kind of like knowledge was being like imparted on y'all? Like what, what were like the main points? Um, because I think like at like a gut level, like it kind of makes sense, but like when they were bringing that up or when like you were told like leave with the demo, like what was kind of like the reasoning that was put behind that? Yeah, I guess I'd have to tap uh, Jonathan for that more, but like you go on any SaaS site and uh, I think we need to maybe fix ours too, but like there's like a, you know, demo button, but it's really, you're booking a meeting where, so like you're, the copy should be, you know, book, book a sales meeting. It shouldn't be, you know, book demo. So I think it's breaking down that barrier. Like, Hey, you want to see one text immediately right away. Here, here's a playable demo. Um, if you want to learn more and talk to sales, you know, book, book a meeting. Uh, I think it, it kind of goes, uh, like that a little bit. Yeah, no, totally. I, um, um, I, I spoke with, uh, someone at Novotic and one of the things they mentioned along with like, how, like, how do you like filter out those calls too? Right. Cause if it's, yeah, if it's a book, a demo, you're going to be spending a lot of time talking with people who are just like just kind of like checking things out. Right. And, and it's, you're, you're both going to be wasting each other's time to some degree. Um, another thing that, uh, she mentioned to me was like putting pricing on their website made such a huge difference just in terms of like, all right, you have a demo, uh, pricing is visible. So if you book a call, like it's kind of like ours to lose, right? Because you've, you've already come to terms with the pricing and you've seen the demo and you liked it enough to book a call. Whereas before, like, I feel like not that long ago, a lot of SaaS companies would hide the pricing. Um, it was almost like difficult to get in touch with them at times. And now, you know, yeah. if you're surfing around the internet for, like, if I'm looking for a horrible example, but if I'm looking for a CRM, like if there's no pricing there, like, okay, like I'm not going to like hop on a call with someone um, to figure out what that pricing is. Uh, when I can just go to another website and see that the pricing works for me, um, see a demo and like, like that's who I'm going to go with. So it, it almost seems like um, it seems like it should be table stakes now to have a demo, have pricing um, before any like contact is made. But I still see like, I mean, I, I look at like SAS all the time for like, just, I want this to be automated. Like, let's, let's go like Google around and see if there's anybody that does it well. Um, I still see so many companies that don't, they don't do either of those two things. Um, yeah, it's just a passing thought. What, uh, I have a question. Are you familiar with, with, uh, Cody Schneider? Doesn't, doesn't exactly ring a bell. Okay. Um, he, he was brought in to, um, lead growth for, uh, Rupa health. Um, I thought about this when you were talking about YouTube and, and content, um, and he, his takeaway from that, I'll, I'll send you, actually, I'll send you a conversation where he talks about this, um, when we hop off the call, because it's, it's worth listening to, but his takeaway was basically, um, build a podcast. And the reason he did that, the reason he did it was because once you've created that long form piece of content, like, let's say you're all right. So y'all's customers are for now, like e-com is your focus, right? So in theory, if you create 
like a podcast around e-com and you dial in like to like very specific like issues that are like prevalent in the e-com world and you scrape like an email list of all the different founders and you email them that episode, the open rates are crazy high. The uh, response rates, they don't re- necessarily realize they're being advertised to, right? Uh, we're, we're still not at that place where people view podcasts as ads. So they think that like at some point, maybe they just signed up for it. Um, and then of course, from there, once you have a long form piece of content, um, you can chop it up. You can do a million things with it. You don't necessarily have to make like, you don't have to have like a totally new idea, like um, for a, a topic, like for like a YouTube video every single, like a couple of times a week or like, it's just, Hey, we're going to have this conversation. And then I know what we want to talk about for the clients we're going after. And then we can chop that up, like target them online and like also like cold email them the, the podcast club. But um, yeah, I, I, I've thought that's I've always thought that's very interesting since I heard it. Um, I definitely need to check 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 it out. I, the long term vision with the, the like the YouTube series idea is called First and Last. Basically, interview e commerce founders, sort of how they got into the space, you know, where they're at now. And, and when I find myself meeting people at conferences, whether e commerce or not, like I'm I'm always curious, you know, how people got into their career, you know, where they're where they are now. Another 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 reason is like we work with uh yuki and pluffle like they just had a bunch of different wins their forbes 30 under 30 uh their product was like top google 100 um so it kind of gives them uh, a way to celebrate those wins as well uh so a bunch of different reasons um but i think yeah that'd just be you know a short training ground to then you know move up to that next step and and having a podcast like you mentioned um i'll send you the uh like the diagram from i'll send you this diagram that kind of breaks down like once you've recorded an episode like all the different like things you can do with it it's it's worth checking out um sure how are you seeing d2c and e-com businesses um use ai like i know that's kind of general but like are people starting to use like different ai tools to create their ads like really quickly like yeah just how are you seeing like y'all's customer base start to use use ai yeah, I think in terms of us, um, where we're really starting to plug it in is, uh, first of all, like the de- the AI demos on our site, as well as uh, like product recommendations on the fly. Uh, like say you text into Caden Lane, you can say, you know, I'm shopping for my nephew who's six months um, and, you know, is a boy. And that AI response uh, will be a lot quicker and better at, you know, prompting you with, recommended choices based on what you gave us rather than, you know, the agent is still there on standby, but they're just not going to be as quick as AI in that piece. And then, yeah, it's hard to know, like if the, you know, marketing teams at these brands are starting to use AI to write the copy of all their, you know, SMS campaigns, et cetera. Um, But I think, I think, I think so, you know, we're probably, probably getting there and, ad creatives, all that jazz is probably coming up, uh, next as well. Yeah. Um, what, from your position, what do you see is like just sort of the general status of the, the e-com world? And the re why I'm asking is you see on like on Twitter, I think there's, you always see like CAC is going up, like, 
you know, it's now everyone's competing with Amazon in a way that they weren't even three or four years ago. Um, there, there's like we said at the beginning of the show, right? Like drop shipping's dead. Like you just see this kind of um, rolling list of new, I don't want to call them complaints, but I guess if, if the shoe fits. Um, while on the other hand, I mean, I think every week I like, I'll read something where someone mentions, you know, like a niche, like, like fishing gear business. That's like spitting out like econ business. That's spitting out like 40 million a year in top line. Um, so you have like these huge kind of like wins happening while at the same time, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of businesses like churning in that space, at least outside looking in, it appears that way. So because you like deal with this customer base all the time, you deal with this industry. What? Yeah. Just, just give us a little bit of a status update on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on that last piece, I think, you know, Thrashio, like one of the top aggregators is shutting down. I think those companies that kind of acquired these Amazon brands that didn't really have like a brand or they weren't omni-channel. Um, yeah, I think, I don't think, I don't, I don't see the strategy, strategy there. And then on, on Amazon as well, um, not really my forte, but seeing a lot on my Twitter feed, how, you know, a- Amazon's take rate of like ads is just going up uh, like every month. I think Jeff Bezos has a quote that he maybe regrets uh, where it's like your your margin is my opportunity or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, for BFCM, I think depending on who you asked, I think some brands crushed and some some didn't. Um, but uh, I think there shouldn't be I'm like I'm, I'm starting to look at uh, I miss being a brand owner. I'm starting to plan plan one for for next year. I, I don't think there should just be DTC brands that are just reliant on you know tick, TikTok has a decent ad product, but it's really just you know Facebook that's the most efficient. I don't think any brand should really be just directing consumer. There should be some wholesale wholesale aspect to it. There should be some retail aspect to it. There should be you know other moats that you're building on, and you shouldn't just be reliant on you know uh, Facebook to see success. And yes. Um, yeah, COVID definitely accelerated, you know, how many people are comfortable, how many more people are comfortable shopping online. I think obviously it came back, um, reeled in after, you know, that stuff was over. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, um, uh, things like flip, you know, t- uh, TikTok, uh, uh, the affiliate thing there. Uh, there's some new, new opportunities that, you know, will help these brands diversify their, you know, Facebook spend and, um, hopefully profitably grow. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok shop might be the, uh, the return of drop shipping. Um, yeah. And I think right. they have some stringent rules, but it is built for like lower AOV drop ship type stuff for, for sure. Yeah. I wonder how that's working. Um, because I, I've seen several people mention like drop shipping on TikTok. Um, but yeah, they, they have, it has to be made in the U S so I wonder how that's working. Maybe it'll just encourage more like Etsy, but you can uh, you can sell on TikTok. Um, that yeah. that would make sense as a place where it's heading. You mentioned starting. Um, you're starting to think about a new D2C brand uh, or new brand in general. What uh, what are you thinking about? Any any particular like categories you're looking at? I think something consumable. Um, and there's. Yeah, I miss having a brand, but I think um, 
the like when I watch that brand, whatever next year, or the year after, like it'll probably remain. Uh, it'll be stealth. Like the the main focus is still one text. Um, there's some other layers to it, like being able to be more intimate with the product by having my own brand that's using it. Um, I think there's in, in in DTC like at these dinners, there's like uh the the SaaS people, and then there's like the actual brand people. By being both, like you start to blur those lines, and there's no more. You know, I, I can tweet. Um, I, I don't think many of my Twitter followers now know that, like, I used to be a brand operator. Um, and it kind of just helps break those barriers. Like, I'm not a SaaS person. I'm not just a DTC brand person. Like, I'm both. Yeah. Um, but but we'll see. The main focus will for sure continue to be one text. Um, but um, I've never had a, a brand that has uh, monthly recurring revenue. And uh, the thought of it is is pretty sweet for sure. Yeah, no, totally. That made me think of this, uh, the skincare. Do you remember the skincare company Proven by any chance? Uh, not sure. No. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's unimportant, but this is like, I don't know. It's like four or five years ago. I totally fell for one of their ads. I was like, yeah, like sure. Um, filled out their little quiz. Um, and unbeknownst to me, like two months later, another one, three months later, another one. And I'm telling you, man, I went in there like I must have gone in there three times um, before they st- like and tried to cancel it before they stopped showing up. It, it was the most convoluted funnel uh, exit funnel I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> yeah, whenever I think about having yeah anything like that's not consumable, but it's it's similar ish. Anything that you can put on subscription, um, I always think of that. I always think of this super gnarly exit funnel. <laughs> And the more people you funnel in, very few of them are going to find their way out. Um, of course, there's like elements of that that yeah. are a little immoral. And that's not the point of starting a brand. But um, I, I was always, you know, as someone who's like entrepreneurially minded, I was always uh, like a little like annoyed, but also like kind of admired it. I was like, this is a little bit impressive uh, that you've got me stuck in this for so long. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, some, cool, some, some brands are definitely doing something some black hat things when it comes to uh subscriptions and honestly one of the like one of the value adds at one text we work with plenty of apparel brands uh you know brands that don't have uh and our our nature uh but for you know supplement brands we have this feature called refills where um you know hey will you're running out of your uh creatine reply yes to order um great do you want to make it a recurring refill and we're never mentioning the s word you know the subscription word a lot of consumers have subscription fatigue going through these crazy funnels, like you mentioned, and, you know, the take rate on getting people into that funnel is super high. You know, people appreciate the fact that they won't have to log into a online portal to manage their subscription. They can just text in. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's been great to see the results that we're getting our supplement brands, et cetera, from, from that functionality. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's super smart because I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, subscription fatigue is, is very real. Um, if you ever talk, I mean, anyone I talk with about it, it's always like, Oh God, like I, I've, I got to go through my credit cards like this month and like cancel some of this. Um, so yeah, that makes so much sense. Just like reaching out, like, Hey, do you need a refill? Are you good? It also is like much more personal, um, in a way, whereas like, Hey, like you're in our subscription funnel now, like good luck. Like that, that that's like very annoying. Like, even if you love the brand, it's just annoying. Right. 
But if you're just getting the option every month, like in a text, it's like, hope you're doing well. Like, are you good on, yeah, creatine? Like, do you need more? Like, that makes so much sense. Um, it's actually pretty brilliant. Um, how was uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday for y'all? Yeah, um, I flew into San Francisco. Uh, a bunch of the team got together uh, for Black Friday itself. I'm not sure if you've seen like the social network. I was inspired by like the big board. I think for them, like they're uh, watching across a million users. Uh, But for us, we had both a digital and an analog tracker. Um, Our engineer, like we had a stretch goal. And once we hit it, like the fireworks blew out. I wasn't expecting fireworks, but it was awesome. Um, Yeah, 2X, it was 2X our all-time high in terms of all-time orders and then 10X year over year. And then, um, yeah, a bunch of the team was in person at my CEO's house in San Francisco. Uh, but then we had a, a little live stream where some investors and other teammates joined as well to yeah watch that stretch goal be hit, and um, you know now it's time to uh, close more wonderful brands to be able to you know continue that 10x year over year trend for for next Black Friday. And in terms of uh, you know we had a couple of small hiccups early early on in the week, uh, but the system really really held up and you know the engineers crushed it. That's awesome. That sounds. That's funny you referenced uh, the social network because that's that scene, like the way you painted it, like 100%. Like that's exactly what comes to mind. Um, well, here, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'm, I'm about all out of questions right now. But um, w- one last just like personal question before you go. What's what's your favorite way to spend spend time off when you're not when you're not grinding away at one text? Yeah, I mean. Um, I think we were talking about it before, you know, we started recording, but I moved to Austin earlier this year and besides, you know, no income tax, besides the amazing e-commerce community here. Um, another aspect of that was the weather and, um, how active this community is here. I'm not a runner per se, but just about everything else, um, you know, I'll get into, have a great group of, group of guys that we play pickup basketball, um, every week playing tennis and pickleball often as well. Um, so yeah, just really staying active um, to help counteract sort of being in front of a computer during the <laughs> during the work day. Um, and then watching sports as well. Unfortunately, some of the Boston teams have fallen off. I'm sure no one feels pity for us Patriots fans, but not at all. Um, the Celtics not at are. all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all had a hell of a run, you know, you had a, you had a once a century kind of run. Um, no, that's cool. I I couldn't agree more when you're staying at the computer screen all the time doing online work, the more you get out, like the better you are when you come back. Um, so that's cool. Well, listen, uh, Danny, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming on and thanks for deciding to spend the time, um, to do this. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me as well. Appreciate being, you know, one of the first few guests on the show and, Uh, Looking forward to catching all the future episodes. 100%. Thanks, man. You have a good one.